Welcome back, guys. Justin and Jesse. So, sorry we've been absent for a little bit. We had some logistical issues and about to get caught back up. Um, I know we've had a little bit of audio quality, so you're going to have to bear with us today. We're here in the skinning shed. We're skinning a, a doe I shot this evening. But we just kind of want to recap on what's been going on since we talked to you all last and uh, what we got going on. Yeah, so you can't be skinning a deer while you're doing a podcast, right? You can't get much more real than that. So, uh, I think that I'm going to do. I think how the season's gone thus far. For me, I think last year I was tagged out by this point. And uh, what I shoot, two, two, two and a half year old eight points. I got that four and a half year old. Yeah, you got a nice one on state land And I got that year. on the ninth last year. Yeah. It's been tough going here in Michigan. Uh, a lot of rain. Most of my sit's been rain. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I like to get out in the rain because I'll move in the rain, but it's been torrential downpour some days. Been bouncing back, back and forth between uh, Prescott up north a little bit, just east of Tawas, and uh, some property I got you know, out here in Prescott. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot of rain. Uh, I've made a decision this year that I'm going to try to target some three and a half year old deer and, and older. Um, so I've done some pretty good passing this year on some two and a half, eight points and uh, a half rack. I posted some videos on Instagram of that. I, I haven't seen anything. Cameras picked up some, some nice bucks, all certain who nocturnal. Something we should bring up here in a bit with what everybody's thoughts are on, on deer movement and, and pressure. We'll circle back to that. But I haven't you know, seen a shooter buck. I'm a meat eater first and foremost. Um, that's why we're here, we're cutting up the dough right now. Um, but I'm also a conservationist. I'd rather shoot a doe than, you know, a year and a half old buck. That's just me. Your trophy is your trophy. If it makes you happy, shoot it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, I was up north hunting. Um, I ended up shooting a doe. It was a, one of the last two days I was up there. Um, in the freezer with COVID last year, we went through four or five deer in family. Um, so we're getting pretty low. Ain't nothing better than shooting a doe. And I'm making, uh, I think, 25 pounds of breakfast sausage. A little bit of New Mexico green chilies mixed in. It's got some spice to it. And hash chilies? Can't, yep, some hash chilies from New Mexico. You can't really beat that. Um, I want to be clear, though. I'm not some size queen. I'm not just going for the biggest rack. I, I think that I don't want to put the label on the rack size because, for me, I don't want to take any fun away from hunting, first and foremost. Me, so. personally, I, I don't mind shooting a two-and-a-half-year-old buck. Yeah, and I, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with shooting whatever you want. There's different strokes for different folks. I just, I think this year I just kind of wanted to switch it up a little bit and try to target some older deer. And uh, been playing a little bit of chess match. Today was a, a gut check. I hadn't hunted the stand all year. I've got to stand pretty far back into a swamp on a little island. And every scouting trip out there and putting trail cameras and checking them early season, this buck was never there, never bedded nearby. Well, today, uh, the wind was right for it, so I decided to go out there and give it a go. Sneak out there. It took a good about 45 minutes to walk out. I get to the base of the tree, and I hear some sticks breaking on my left and about 40 yards away, and some cattails. I see a nice 10 take a few bounds into some thick stuff. He never looked back, he didn't blow, anything like that, but um, it was un unsettling. Yeah, but I think if, if you didn't bust him out of there, you just bumped him. 
There's plenty of season left. Half of me just wanted to hightail out of there, um, but I figured I'd make more noise trying to get out of there than anything. So I scurried up my tree, and you know it's we're freaking close to a full moon right now, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah. I still ended up seeing th uh, what three does close to dark, nothing else, and I can see pretty far into this uh, large swamp area. Well, as soon as my feet touch the ground after dark. I guess it should be noted that you also you got a doe. You got some eating a three bird. Yes. Yep. And I talked about that a little bit earlier, but you know it never fails. As soon as my feet hit the ground, and some of those uh, leaves and branches make some noise. Never. It sounded are. like there's a whole herd of deer all around me. So I think they're just moving a little bit late, later right now, and that's tis the season, I think. So that's kind of a question I want to pose to you guys. Do you do you guys believe in this October lull? Yeah, sightings seem to pan off, but I think it has more to do with the moon. Um, I'm not a wildlife biologist or anything like that, but when you're able to see more at night, um, and your patterns are changing. If you're getting ready to go in the seeking phase for bucks, they're pushing does, or you know, you got more people in the woods, which is gonna bump people and they're gonna change their routes. Uh, your different kinds of uh, forage and foods changing. Well, that's, that's one thing I've noticed is I'm not hearing the acorns hit the, hit the deck like I was of, you know, even a week ago, really. Acorns. Acorns. <laughs> I've heard, I don't know, I, I could probably count how many I, I heard hit the hit the leaves tonight, which in, uh, you know, last week it was a barrage of a, uh, acorns. And so I think they're starting to move and change feeding a bit, you know, some, other, some other things. Um, so that's going to change uh, some deer movement. I don't know if I'm 100% convinced on the whole October wall thing. I think... You know, you have certain stands you've set up, and you got trail cameras, and I think right now, or even a week ago, the movements are changing to different food sources. So maybe you're not seeing the deer at that stand you saw two weeks ago, or even the first week of October, you know. Um, but I think we're approaching that seeking phase here, here in Michigan, anyways. Hearing some uh, stories from some friends of a little early activity from the bucks, and some of those younger deer running around chasing some does even, which surprises me a little bit. You know, it's funny, I'm down here not seeing a whole lot, and my cell phone camera up north is going, going nuts, sending me pictures of, you know, I had two different many points walk by. you go up there, you know what's going to happen? Well, yeah, you're down know. here, going to be hitting you. Yeah, they know. You no know, two ways about it, but, you know, the best time is just to come, uh, up to come, I think. So I just got to be uh, patient. I don't want to hunt those stands. I think this uh, stand I hunted tonight, I'm going to stay out for probably a week before I even think about hunting it again and then look at the wind and judge whether I should go back in or not. That's kind of my, my go-to stand, I think, coming up based on everything I've seen out there. Um, starting to see, I hunted on the other side of the property, it's just under a thousand acres, and there's five of us hunting it, and it's kind of unique, there's no food, you know, there's no... Um, crops on it it's really old oak you know old forest and swamp and uh so it's it's kind of a rest for big bucks yeah it's the first first year i've hunted it um but i'm used to hunting you know ag fields so i'm, I'm trying to trying to learn this on the fly and you can get a whole lot of pre-season scouting on it just when i was able to gain access to it um, i've only got it for this year and potentially next year so it's the clock's ticking on that place, unfortunately. It, it seems like usually it takes me a few years to really learn something. More. I think it's every place. 
Um, you get lucky, you know, just being an experienced woodsman. You're looking for, you know, game trails and, and food sources and what looks like good bedding. But to, to get a good grasp of any place, I think it takes a few seasons. And, yeah, and we've talked about that before, about how we use, you know, off-season off stuff. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Come, you know, come snow hitting the ground and, you know, all this undergrowth foliage off. And, you know, even after season, I'm kind of looking forward to getting she's out. She's got a good amount of that. Yeah, she's actually starting to get some. And getting out there and actually exploring more of that property without worrying about bumping deer and ruining some of these potential future hunts of mine. I'm really looking forward to getting in there. You know what I did here, though, that got me kind of excited? Part of this uh, property, there's a lake nearby, and this property surrounds about three-quarters of it, and I heard a lot of geese. Really? So instead of hunting deer tomorrow, I think I'm going to go out and uh, try to get us some uh, waterfall. Let's see how that goes. So hopefully I can uh, get something, uh, some good pictures and some goose jerky. I really like that stuff. So, go so just kind of a recap what I've had going on since the beginning of the season. Um, other than the weather's been awful where I've been hunting. Haven't been able to really venture out too many places. I'm using places that I know I'm comfortable with. Um, we had a new baby back in uh, July, so trying not to venture too far away from the home. Um, so I've been sitting in a lot, a lot of the same area that I'm comfortable with. Been seeing a lot of does. Um, a lot of does with still fawns. Some are born earlier in the year, and then other ones look like they were born a couple months ago. In fact, I got them on uh, trail cam spots in September. Right, so you're sitting here with that internal battle. Should I shoot this doe or not? Right. She's got fawns with them. You know, and up north, I'm starting to see does without fawns. So I took my doe. She didn't have fawns. I didn't have that internal, like, ah, should I shoot her or not kind of thing. Down here, um, pretty much every doe I saw had fawns still. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what your guys' you know, perception is and opinion is on shooting does with fawns. I don't like it um, because... Just personally, right? Just personally. Because yeah. I know that there's a lot of research going into when you make the seasons, when you're allowed to take does to give the you know the yearlings a, a fighting chance. Um, I generally don't like to do it um, before probably December. In December, it's usually they break up for the rut and then they find their way back and they get in their big, their big uh, doe groups. Um, so generally, I don't have a problem with that. But this time of year, I don't like it, and that's what I've been running into a lot of. And well, you know, especially if she's got a button bow, you know, I tend to lean a little heavier towards keeping keeping her with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's your right, next that's year your, yearling in two and a half, three you know? years, you know, that's that's your next ball. That's your next ball in here. You know, but you think about what's coming up in here in a week, week and a half, two weeks, these bucks are going to start pushing these does around, and... You know, these yearlings are going to lose mom, right? Yep. So, we're, we're on that end. So, I don't think we're going to worry about it too much longer. But, I know we talked about it before. Meat got an app for me. Um, as my family's growing, I'd like to get, you know, two more deer this year plus this go. And, uh, if you pull straight down, you'll lock it in. Started working on the hoist. I got a manual hoist. My buddy just put one in his garage. It's like a 90 horse motor. Send me a video. Oh, he sent it to you too with his daughter riding. <laughs> but, yes. uh, so, what's your plans with this? Are you going to do anything special with so, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to try a couple different cuts. Um, I tried it last year. I've, I've always thrown away shanks. Um, had a guy from work make some, was it last year or the year before? Nonetheless, um, some asabuco with the shanks, the deer shanks. Most people think it's a trash piece. Um, low and slow in the crock pot, it was phenomenal. Um, so I plan on doing that. I'm going to try to, as we're cracking her down, we're just getting past the, the rear hips here. I'm going to see how much meat she has on her ribs. Um, maybe cut it off, off the bone, make it almost a flank steak. And uh, stuff it, wrap it, grill it. Maybe with some, like some spinach and mushroom or, or something like that. Um, but if not, if there's good fat on the ribs, I might take one of the sides of the ribs and, and try to smoke deer ribs. Um, I'm trying to to use as much as I can anymore with deer. Um, well, you only look at meat prices right now. Ridiculous. Everything's ridiculous, right? Now. Yeah. So it gives you a new a new look on you know all of this stuff. Not that I wasted meat before, but there's other things that maybe I I wouldn't have tried before that I'm gonna try now. Or there's things that I would just cut up and throw in my grind. Right. You know. Exactly. That that's could be the star of a dish. So I'm trying to get more creative with what I do. Um, my family, we, we eat a lot of grind. Um, just on a, a quick, quick cut-up job, I get my loins, my back straps, usually inside. one roast, yep, and grind the rest. But we burn through grind. We don't eat ground beef in my house. Um, so that's what I generally do. But I'd like to start doing a little bit more specialty cuts and uh, try some of these new recipes. Yeah, and yeah, I'd probably like to get into why we're actually uh, taking taking the height off right now too. Here in Michigan, I mean, we're looking at what sixty degrees right now, low of fifty six tonight. I think it was. Yeah, and I'm not going to be able so, to get to uh, to cutting this up probably till tomorrow. So I think uh, getting that height off, start cooling this meat as quick as possible, is uh, our best option with this one. Uh, keeping that height on that blanket, it's going to retain that heat and potentially. You know, we don't, we don't want to run the risk of spoiling any of this meat. So one thing I'm big on is, I hate to call them kill stories, but but you're, I'll call them harvest stories. That's what I'll, that's a phrase I'll coin then. Harvest stories. I love hearing hunters when they harvest an animal. I like hearing the all the details. So bear with me. I'm going to kind of go through this one. It was actually kind of a quick, quick setup, so I don't really have a whole lot of intimate details. Um, I have her on camera pretty much all year. Um, she just recently got rid of her fawns. Um, they were pushed off. So this is a doe that I passed on a number of times, Big Mama Doe. And how we were talking earlier, I generally don't like to shoot them with fawns and this was an opportunity without. Um, she came in, she ended up getting a little, little weary. Came in from an area that I usually don't see deer come in from. We had a lot of good windstorms late last winter in this spring and in the summer where some of the funnels where I hunted changed due to down trees. And I've seen deer come in this way, but generally wasn't um, until the rut when they're really hectic and, and moving all over and kind of unpredictable. Lo and behold, she comes in just just a hair off where my, my scent wind is, or my scent funnel is going. So she gets a little birdie, she looks up at me. Picks her head up, does the you know the left right neck thing like a boxer, and starts turning and stops. Tries to give me another look. I take the shot, quartering away shot. Um, went in on her right side, uh, 
probably about six, eight inches back from the shoulder and exited right behind the left shoulder. If that's something you guys haven't really researched or thought about, when you take quartering shots, you're not always gonna get a broadside shot to get your heart. So what you need to do is think about where that bullet or that arrow is gonna exit the deer. And that's what you wanna aim for, if that makes sense. Um, there's plenty of charts and diagrams where if it's, if it's angled a certain way where you should shoot. But the biggest piece of advice I can give, and correct me if I'm wrong, is aim where you want the, the bolt or bullet or arrow to exit. Speaking of bolt, first one I shot with a crossbow. I felt good about the shot. The thing moves so fast. I have a Raven R10. I got lighted knocks because I'm used to compound bow shooting and I like to see where my impact is. Well, it happened so quick, this thing shoots 400 feet per second. By the time I opened my left eye, she was already moving and the bolt stuck in the ground. So even with that lighted knock, you weren't sure? I had no idea. Yeah. So that was about uh, 645. So I didn't get down until about 710, went and checked the arrow. No blood on the bolt. Very little on the fletching. To me, from, from tracking many deer, it looked like muscle blood to me. But the shot felt good. Um, I was shooting a single bevel broadhead, 100 grain, and it felt good. The, uh, the broadhead went and stuck in a log behind her, got a little messed up. I'm not going to be able to sharpen and reuse it, unfortunately. But... After I like to inspect the aerial arrow before I back out so I get a general look at what I'm going to be, you know, tracking for. And that what in what your wait time is going to be? Yeah, exactly. So feeling good about the shot and seeing the arrow, I was kind of dumbfounded. So I do what anybody does here in 2021. I get back to the house, I started cooking dinner and started getting on on the old Google machine, and lo and behold, I guess this is common with crossbows. My first experience shooting deer with a crossbow, but that it just goes so fast you don't get much blood on the arrow. Yeah, when I got here, he had not done any kind of tracking yet. He showed me, showed me the bolt, and I kind of gave him that look. I'm like, oh, geez. And we get on nothing on this. So you know what, I mean? what I did before we started tracking, when I took took a look at the bolt, I looked for blood near the impact site. I see some gray hair. Now, given the angle I shot from a tree, um, I expected some, you know, whitish gray hair on the exit. Which, looking at the exit now, I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but um, she uh, she took off, did like a, a half circle, and then walked off. And then I lost her over a hill. So, I go back to the, the, the shot site. I just wanted to see some blood to get a general idea. I went a good, what would you say, 15, 20 feet to the first blood? Mm -hmm. Couple so spots. She didn't open up right away. No, and then I looked up and I seen some leaves painted. I said, okay, at least we got something to go on. We got 40 yards into the track and she's spraying all over. But this crossbow stuff, I was just as an experienced hunter, but I haven't experienced something like that. It made me second guess myself. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I mean, I the way I looked at that arrow, I was like, or that bolt. I mean, I had a few questions after that, you know. But uh, we went live, or not live, but we we videoed uh, the actual track. Um, it'll be on our Instagram if you guys want to check it out. You want to give a plug? Yeah, it's uh, 
If you've listened to us before, best way to get a hold of us is drop us a, a message on J2 World Pursuit and give us a follow. Um, we post all kinds of pictures of what we got going on. Generally, it's, it's seasonal, what you know, we're fishing or hunting for or trapping or foraging for. Um, but we post updates and little teasers for our next episodes. So please give us a follow, and if you want to get a hold of us, shoot us a message on there. It's probably the best way. But take a look at this video. We'll kind of show you what we're talking about. We try to slow it down, and uh, how long do you think the track was? It's hard to say. It was, it was at night, so it's, you kind of lose track of distance. Um, but yeah, probably 100 yards, that's it. So we try to slow it down, explain what we look for, um, type of blood, where the blood's, you know, popping off on the leaves and, and debris. Just kind of give people that maybe are more seasoned in, in blood tracking a deer or tracking game in general. Just a couple little tips and things to look for. But that's, that's on our Instagram. It's, it's up there now. Um, probably dropping this one in you know, a few days or yeah, after, we got, after we record this. All right, we got, we got kind of behind, so I think we're going to record something here shortly, but... Um, yeah, so I'm going to get this doe finished up and see how she goes. Hopefully you guys are all having a good season. Um, like I said, you know, we appreciate it if you guys get on the uh, Instagram and comment. Let us know how your season's going. What kind of shoot, shoot us a picture. Seeing. Yep. We'll throw it up on it. Yep, this October lull topic. I mean, what, what kind of movement you're seeing right now, what times of day, uh, that kind of thing. Um, what in, in your experience... Are you guys holding off right now and really hunting those stands till a little bit later? What are you guys targeting as far as food sources? I think as these this acorn crop kind of slows down. Um, what you guys are doing to get on those uh, on those bucks right now? And uh, the other topic, you guys shooting does with fawns, or you guys frown upon it, or does it not matter? Or you know, what's your what's your guys' feeling on it? Uh, I'd like to get into conversation about that too. And whatever else you guys got going on. I know duck season just recently started. Goose season's been going on for a bit. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get at, out after we went goose hunting one time. Um, that yeah. turned into crow hunting. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and uh, crow hunting's going on. Small game's going on. Um, if you're running dogs for raccoons, drop us a line and let us know how it's going. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Have a good day. And uh, hopefully you're butchering a deer just like us. Take care. Until guys. next time, guys.